Cooper, the godfather of shock rock, is back. Alice Cooper, live in concert. With special guest Ace Freely. Live across North America. For full touring ticket information, check AliceCooper.com. The concert return of the year with legendary rocker Alice Cooper. Check more at AliceCooper.com. Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So sitting here on Sunday, September 26th, in my basement, and I've got my brother Matt sitting next to me. Say hi, Matt. I'm tired. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, so this is a string of real-time shows that I've been seeing, and there is yet another one that I attended last night with my brother. So this episode is going to revolve around the Detroit Stories Tour Alice Cooper Ace Fraley show we saw September 25th, 2021 at the DTE Energy Music Theater, Clarkston, Michigan. So note, I said DTE Energy Music Theater, Clarkston, Michigan, instead of Pine Knob, because where I'm at in my chronology, it was still called Pine Knob, and now it has the corporate sponsor on it, unfortunately, but we still refer to it as the Knob, Pine Knob. And it was fitting that we got to see this tour in Detroit, as it's... Alice Cooper supporting his latest album, Detroit Stories. So, Matt, real quick, I guess, what's your, I mean, talk a little bit about your background with Cooper. I'm thinking it's got to be MTV. I think it's the same as mine, so. <laughs> it, it's it's got to be, unless, unless they did. Like the I'm 18 video or something, right? I don't know if there was an old clip, you know, like those old Black Sabbath yeah, exactly. Like Paranoid and Iron... I don't know. I think there might be. I, just, I, I think it is. And remember, he has that weird... They do that long ending or something to the I'm 18 song, and they like just draw it out. But yeah, but it, it, it would have been, I don't know, his mid to late 80s yeah. output, probably. Definitely, yeah. I, I, think, I think it probably had to be. Yeah, because I didn't go back to the 70s stuff until... The 90s, probably. Because the, the guys in high school, I, I don't think they knew that much of him. And I didn't have an older brother. Right. Or yeah. I can't think of anybody else in the neighborhood. That would have been, yeah, into it. Yeah. I, I do, One thing I do remember, I went to college in our fraternity house. I remember our the basement where the, the, the laundry was. There were some old cassettes down there, and they're the cassette of his greatest hits. <laughs> was oh, just sitting yeah. there and I, I grabbed it I remember and I think that was the first time I had heard a lot of those other songs but yeah I'm with you I, I was more introduced to him when he when he came back in the mid to late 80s with kind of more of the hair band lineup and sound and, and that type of thing yeah Fraley's Comet Ace Fraley stuff I mean I don't I don't think you were <laughs> I don't think you were into any of that at the time, like when it was coming out I the, at all. You remember? I, the Freely's Comet stuff I thought was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. But like his soul, you know, the 70, I don't remember his 78, you know, unless you, well, you probably I had, had it. it. Yeah, I had it. And, and, uh, but yeah, I don't think you were probably too familiar with it back then. No, not not back then. No, but I mean, I you know the Freely's Comet stuff would have been the same. Yeah. MTV. I mean, there. I mean, he had quite. A, there were. He had yeah. a string of videos. He had some videos and that type of stuff during those Definitely. three or four albums. So. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they you know they were played long enough that you could check them out occasionally. Yep. 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 So so Matt flew up here Friday. We drove down to. Detroit on Saturday afternoon. Got uh, 
did some great uh, pre-gaming, which I'll talk about uh, later in the episode in the Slam Fest Tip of the Week segment. But why don't we just, uh, yeah, why don't we just get right into the show? So Ace Brealy opened up, and his set list: Rocket Ride, Parasite, Strutter, Rip It Out, Never in My Life, Good Times, Bad Times, Medley, Detroit Rock City, New York Groove. Shock Me, Cold Gin, and they had the Black Diamond outro at the end, and then he closed out with Deuce. So by the time we saw this tour, they they were playing She early on, and they had Manic Depression in that medley. Both of those songs got dropped by the time we saw them. So... Matt, I've got some comments on the set list, but what what are your? Well, I mean, it's 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 kind of kind of a predictable set. <laughs> yeah. Um, you and I both griped that there was, he was wasn't doing any of his own stuff. Right. Initially. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's lots of ways probably to to think about that. You know, maybe maybe he's just like, you know what? This is the stuff I've played the most. It'll just be easier for us to go out and do, you know. But I, I don't. When he's, well, and this wasn't a co-headlining right. thing either. Yeah. And I mean, he was right. the opening act. He got he had 50 minutes. Yep. yep. So, you know, I, I mean, you, you have to think that he's trying. To put together as entertaining a show as he can, absolutely. And he has to—he has to think. You know what? For the, you know, it's a classic rock crowd. He probably figures, you know, I'll get a better response with these well-known Kiss songs. Yep. As opposed to, you know, my my so, my release <laughs> comment like, yeah. stuff. Or yeah, doing any of the solo stuff. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. I mean, it, it, but it's funny, you know, you look at the setlistfm.com thing and, you know, whenever they're listing set lists and stuff, it always says next to it, if it's not the artist's song, you know, it'll say something cover right, right or whatever. But <laughs> the initial set list, not the one we saw because he added Rip It Out, but that initial set list, all of them had parentheses next to them because they all said Kiss cover or Russ Ballard cover, which was the... Um, New York Groove song. So I'm like, what the hell? Every single song he's doing is, quote unquote, you know, considered a, a cover, you know, because it's a Kiss oh. song. So I, I don't know. When I saw it initially, I'm like, you know, it's an Ace Fraley solo show. It's not billed as Kiss's Ace Fraley. It's not Ace Fraley, formerly of Kiss. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's not like, he, you know, if he just didn't do any solo material after he left the band. I could see this, set right? List, you know, yeah. but he, it's got six albums between the Fraley's Comet stuff and the and the solo stuff. So I don't know. It's it's frustrating. People think that it's because it's an opening slot, you know, that he's that he's doing that. But he's been doing Kiss songs in his. You've seen him headline, yeah. You know, and he's he's doing those other songs that aren't his, you know, vocal. I mean, I, I'm all for him doing. Kiss songs, especially ones that he either wrote um, or obviously did a lead, a lead vocal right now. But and I heard some people say, yeah, they, you know, he's got to take a break from singing, and so that's why they've got these other guys singing some of the songs. Well, it's not like Ace is Bruce Dickinson or Rob <laughs> Halford, right? <laughs> Vocally, I don't think he needs a break. You know, he's not a, he's not a great, great singer. So anyway, it to me. I mean, the, the the history with Ace is that he's lazy and doesn't like to rehearse and all that type of stuff. And it's sad because the band that he has is so good and they could play anything, you know? If, he, if Ace said, hey, I want to dive into some of that stuff, it's not like they can't do it. Right. But the other frustrating thing is I don't think his band knows the Fraley's Comet stuff. Well, they may not. They've been interviewed before, and I've heard them say it. And, you know, I think when they toured with Gene, they were trying to get Gene to play different songs and all that stuff. And they don't know, I don't think, that solo material, which, you know, he they could be pushing him for, but I don't think they know it as well. So, you know, overall, 
you know, obviously Detroit Rock City <laughs> went over well because we were in Detroit. But some of those other songs, I don't know. I mean, it was, you know, only, I don't think it was even half full when he started. It no, it wasn't. There was an issue. There was somewhat of a mobile ticket entry issue. There were very long lines and trying to get into the place to begin with. But I don't know. I, I would I would not, even though it was in Detroit, I'd get rid of Detroit Rock City. I'd get rid of Deuce and Strutter and... If he wants to do Kiss songs, do Kiss songs that Kiss isn't doing right on tour right now. I mean, they're touring right now. If I want to see those songs, I could go, you know, go see them and play those songs. So I, I don't know something. I mean, I stole your love, or um, you know, making love. I mean, even though those aren't Ace's songs, just doing something something different, different you yeah. know. And I don't think that they're talking about wanting to cater to the Cooper fans and all that. I, the Cooper fans don't care. They're there to see Alice Cooper, and, yep. and so do something a little different. Other than that, I mean, if they if he did some other solo stuff, which, there's well, there's good stuff he could do. There's yeah, some great great stuff that he could do, and it's it's just, it is a little bit frustrating, and you know I, I understand the people griping, and again o- overall, I mean, Parasite he wrote, Cold Gin he wrote. I, I get those. Um, the medley, fine. You know, they're promoting Origins Volume 2, which came out about a year ago, and they haven't had a chance to tour it, so I'm sure they wanted to play some stuff off of, off of that. But again, overall, I thought they I thought they sounded good, you know, and I, I, I mean, I, I think they, they got a decent a decent response. Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the other guys that did that did some leads did have much better voices than Ace. I mean, Ace has never... No. I, I compare Ace Freely to, to Zach Wilde. Exactly. I mean, That's Zach, a great I mean, comparison. I mean, they, I mean, Ace, you know, he makes it work. And, you know, Zach, Zach makes it work, even though neither of them are the, are the greatest singers in the world. Right. But, but right. you know, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And again, I don't think the, the, the diehard fans... It's not like they want deep, 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 deep cuts. Just something different, you know? I think the drummer, we watched that Facebook Live that the Ace Frehley drummer came out and he said something about, oh, I'd like to hear Escape from the Island from the Elder and and Torpedo Girl from Unmasked. I'm I'm a realist. Those things are not happening. Not gonna happen, no. But, you know, could could he go back and play, you know, again, other stuff that he that he wrote or co-wrote and speak and cool speaking of his band i asked this the same question about cooper's band that why do they have three guitar players yeah, right. why does ace doesn't need two other people on guitar no it's no. like it's a it's another person he's got to pay that too yeah i mean you know one, i mean one other one is good because oh yeah down the rhythm obviously while yeah. leads are happening but oh, yeah, yeah a, a flat out lead and rhythm works works well but you've got you've got that extra guy in there i don't know yeah i don't understand and i've never understood why cooper has over all these years he's had three guitar players and we've talked about maiden maiden has three guitar players <laughs> same yeah same it's same thing that's kind of funny so a little frustrating but again yeah he's been playing kiss songs you know headlining for a while now too songs that he doesn't sing and again i don't the only reason i can see is because they're popular songs and and things that they'll get a decent uh decent response from them I mean, I would consider Strutter a deep kiss cut, it, it wouldn't really, you? Yeah, I mean, those people is that, that are a last hit? night I, didn't know. I, I don't. I don't even know if people, uh, you know, the casual fans may not even know. I don't. Bruce I don't. Them. I don't hear Strutter on classic well, no, rock radio. Right. Or I, right. So yeah, I don't think the average schmo knows. out there knew it. Right. But. Right. And, so, I mean, and, to me, that's that was kind of an interesting. It was, and, and Phil Schaus on vocal, he he nailed it. And can kiss the band hasn't played it in recent tours. Correct. So correct. That yep. harkens to your point of do something they're not, not doing. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's that was fine. To yeah. Have, yep. That yep. was fine to have that on there. Yeah. And again, you know, New York, you know, the drummer on that Facebook Live said, "Well, we got to do Shock Me." And we got to do New York Groove. Yeah, nobody's arguing. <laughs> right. 
do those songs, but what can you do with the other, you know, the other eight slots, you know, try to try to mix it up and potentially try to do some some solo stuff. I mean, you know, nothing off of Anomaly, nothing off of Space Invader, and nothing no. off of Spaceman, you know, which is crazy to me. Again, when you've got that band that can play anything. So with the with the set list talk, I, I threw this out to Matt, and I was going to do it too. Let's let's come up with what we would have liked to have seen Ace Frehley's set list be on this on this tour. And what do we say? Twelve songs. Yep. Yeah. So why don't yeah go ahead go first? Well, my twelve song starts with Shock Me, just because it's kind of a signature. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, come out and do your and do your big, big kiss song, mm-hmm. and then I have no more kiss songs. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, so then uh, next I went with uh, without you I'm nothing off of the off of his latest one to have man, yeah. to have something you know newer from that from that era. Well, then, well, no that I. Take that back, because next I have I shock me without you I'm nothing and then Foxy and Free. Yeah, yeah. I have I have those as, as one two three to have a couple of a uh, couple of a uh, couple of more recent ones mm-hmm. represented. And <laughs> next, and you'll 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 probably be like, huh, what, <laughs> huh? Take off, Roger. Huh? L.A. departure frequency one two three point niner. Roger. Huh? Request vector over. What? Flight 209er, clear for Vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now I radio clearance, over. That's Clarence, over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What? Hey! Who? Huh? But on that same album, and I threw Fox on the Run on there. Okay, yeah. And normally I'm not a covers guy live. I mean, if you want to do a cover, I mean, everybody does a covers album for fun, and that's fine. And, and normally, I don't like it live, but when you think of you know classic Kiss and Cooper, I mean, it's it's classic rock. It's yeah. And Fox on the Run is a is a classic rock song. And that that hit the vocal on that lends itself to Ace's voice. I well, I well, it kind of sounds like him. The I, well, I, like I think him. it does, and it's it's not a long song, <laughs> yep. and it's 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 catchy, and it's upbeat, and it's got a, a big chorus. So I, I, so if I was gonna throw in a cover, I I chose that one. Yeah. Okay. Because um, he's got good covers on his Origins albums, but a lot a lot of the really good ones have guest vocalists on them. Right. So if they, if they had right. a guest if they had a guest vocalist on them, I disqualified them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, but then then I, I get into Freely's Comet stuff. Insane. Uh, sh- the the aforementioned shot full of rock. Yep. Um, it, uh, it just stick with some some big stuff. Rock soldiers. Trouble walking. Words are not enough. Into the night. And then uh, going back to the '78 album. Uh, I'm in need of love. Mm-hmm. And then I end with Rip It Out. Nice. Nice. As opposed, so that's 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 what I did. I like it. I like it. And again, his yeah, his band could could figure all that stuff out for sure. So, so yeah. So here's mine. And yeah, again, did the same similar thing. Have have very few <laughs> actual Kiss songs uh, on here. But I would start off with Shot Full of Rock. It, it just I mean, kicks off that Trouble Walking album and is is just a, a total jam. And then I just picked, well, I picked two songs off of his 78 solo album, but Speeding Back to My Baby was always, I think, one of my favorite songs, especially when I was a kid for that uh, album. And then I got into, wanted to represent his six albums. So Breakout from the Fraley's Comet um, debut, and he could dedicate that to Eric Carr, because I think Eric Carr had, had something to do with that. Riff. I think it was originally a, a Kiss demo. Foxy and Free, which Matt mentioned. Just, a, again, great song. Kicking off Anomaly. Insane, off of Second Sighting. And then I went with Gimme a Feelin' off of Space Invader. Again, I wanted to represent all of those, all of those albums. And then I have Shock Me in there. 
And I left I left cold gin in there. It, it's oh, it yeah. just it's his. I mean, he he wrote it. It's on the first album. You know, I know Kiss is doing it now um, as well, but I left that in there. Words are not enough. And then I did Rockin' with the Boys off of his most recent studio album. Uh, I, I, I contemplated that. Yeah, cool actually. song. Love that song. And then again, I wanted to stay somewhat realistic and I kept New York Groove in there. And then I closed out with Rocket Ride. So anyway, so that's what I would. And again, I don't, you know, based on what we're what we're presenting out there i don't think we're i don't think it's crazy no <laughs> what we're asking for so anyway that's what matt and i would have preferred to have seen anything else on ace he looked nope. good actually i thought he looked in decent shape i mean he looked pretty thin and <laughs> i don't know he looked like he yeah, was in I, good shape he looked I mean, he, he looked fine yeah yeah i mean he, he played well well they all everybody played well yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So one last thing on Ace Fraley's band. While I was at Rockin' Pod this year, August 7th, 2021, I was lucky enough to interview a couple members of Ace's backing band, Philip Schaus and Jeremy Asbrock. Here is that quick chat. Hello, this is Philip Schaus. And this is Jeremy Asbrock. Of the Talisman and... The Rock and Roll Residency and... <laughs> the Ace Fraley Band. And the Gene Simmons Band and... Fill in the blank here. And you're listening to... The Slam Fest Podcast. Podcast. This is Brad with the Slam Fest Podcast. I'm at 2021 Rockin' Pod in Nashville. And I've got Phil Schaus... I'm back. Jeremy Asbrock Hello. on the show. Welcome, guys. Welcome back, Phil. And Thank welcome, you. Jeremy. Thank nice you. to have you guys. So, as I was talking before we hit record, Slamfest podcast, my concert chronology. So, as I'm interviewing people, I want to get into their history a little bit. We had Phil on back on, I got to look at my notes, episode 24, when I saw the Talisman at Knuckleheads in Kansas City, which was awesome show. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But didn't have Jeremy on that episode, so I'm going to throw some questions your way on your concert history. Let's so, have it. First concert. Uh, Kiss on the Creatures Tour, January 30th, 1983. Where? Uh, right here in Nashville, oh, Municipal nice. Auditorium. Nice. Night Ranger open. Awesome. Awesome. So something you'll never forget, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> I, there's a lot of it I don't remember because it turns out I had strep throat that was... Growing in my body because I left school the next day. <laughs> and for some reason, my parents associated the two, so I didn't go to concert again for a long time. Yeah. See what happens? Yeah, you get strep throat at a KISS concert. So, how about most memorable show? Which I know sometimes is the first one, but if you can uh, think of something else that stands out. Man, my first Van Halen show. It was my first concert without my parents. My big brother took me. It was a 5150 tour. They oversold the arena, so that was my first sold-out show. I worshipped Eddie and just him being live in the flesh in the same building as me. And, you know, I, I knew what that smell was then. And that was my first real concert experience. Like, I'd been to concerts, but the experience was that one. Yeah, yeah. Who opened that show? BTO. Oh, nice. Nice. That was here in Nashville. Yes. Okay. Okay. Nice. How about any overseas shows that you've seen? I know you probably played some. Yeah, man. Honestly, the only overseas show I can think of that I saw is we went to see Iron Maiden in Stockholm, Sweden, when we were playing with Gene there the next night. And you know, well, I'd seen Iron Maiden before, but you know, most musicians and rock and roll musicians know that the European experience is a lot different. So to see Iron Maiden. In a fucking stadium oh my God. with Europeans was way cool. Yeah. yeah, awesome. I mean, other than Europe, I guess South America too. They're they're crazy. Yeah, yes. wise. Oh, right? and, and seeing uh, the, the Michael Schenker thing in Japan because they went on oh, after yeah. us at, at Loud Park. Like Schenker Fest. Schenker Fest. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We had a night off the next night in Osaka. And they were playing, so they they gave us tickets, and we went to see so that. So we saw them twice yeah, on awesome. that trip. Awesome. Very 
good. How about biggest regret? Is there anybody that you didn't see that you wish you could have? Uh, other than like the stuff that I wasn't, well, okay, I've got two, uh, Van Halen on the 84 tour. By the time I convinced my mom to let my brother take me, it was, it had already been sold out for a long time. Yeah. And another one was uh, Ozzy and Motley Crue. Like, I was really into Motley Crue and Shout at the Devil. And they came and, you know, it was another, they, it sold out really fast. I was like, Mom, I can win tickets off the radio. And she's like, I would not let you go see Ozzy Osbourne if you won 10 tickets off the radio. I only need one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to be fair, uh, I wouldn't have let my eight-year-old son go to that show either. No, no, no. So, all right, let's bring Phil back into this conversation. So, pre-party last night, yeah. both Jeremy and Phil were on there. So, I'm going to be doing an episode about that show because that's yeah. what I do. And so, Phil, you were with the Rock United. Yep. That let, that let it all off. How did that come about? And how did you get in? Man, I've known all those guys forever. Mangus has been a, one of my best friends for years. And, and uh, the whole band I, I know and love very much. And uh, he said, yeah, do you want to do the gig? We're probably going to be able to do Hot Legs with Carmine Apice. And I said, I'm on the gig. He found a guitar player. Yep. So, um, but anyway, I know, and I know all those tunes anyway, so it's not a, not a big... Uh, not a big deal doing just stepping in and doing the show. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be getting into the set list and, and what you guys did, but what was the highlight for you? Oh, Hot Legs. Hot Legs, for sure. that, yeah. that was one of my, and I, that made me think about all the people that I've played with and that I've that are on that list, like of heroes, influences, and I was blown away by how many I have. That's up there. Yeah. That was absolutely like, when we kicked it off, I didn't watch the crowd. I watched him the entire time. And just it, that was just really amazing. There were some great fills, man, in there. Some sure, great fills. So, it was so and watching good. him, you know, anybody that knows about Carmine's playing, his right, his hi hat arm is very fluid, and he's doing. He was doing all that stuff. He's doing it, and he's playing, you're playing with him, and yeah, man, that was a really big moment. Yeah, nice, nice. That was awesome. And Jeremy, so you played with Rare Hair. Yes. And what was your highlight, or how did you get? I guess how did you get called in? Was uh, that just Tyson? Yeah, Tyson. Him? I mean, uh, you know, Tyson when he moved to Nashville, we'd had him out playing at the residency with us, and uh, Ryan and I had brought him into Big Rock Show for a little while. So I mean, we've known him for a long time. Uh, the highlight, absolutely, playing uh, Ain't Talking About Love with Greg Bissonette and Billy Sheehan and, and Ryan singing. I mean, unbelievable. That, that was awesome. Yeah. Did you ever see Dave? Uh, I did. I saw him on the skyscraper. Too. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so I never, yeah, I didn't get to see that. I've seen Billy Sheehan a lot with Mr. Big, but I never saw Greg Bissonette play. He blew me away. Nicest guy on the planet. Yeah. Awesome. So I mentioned that Talisman show I saw at Knuckleheads. You remember Knuckleheads? Yeah. Of course, that was a homecoming. That was a great homecoming show for Ryan. Yeah. And I know I talked to him, and I know he must. Uh, I saw him earlier walking around. I, we, I tagged know. out. Yeah, we. I, I got the baton from Ryan. Gotcha. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm they, they both got more stuff at the merch table to sell than I do. <laughs> okay. I'll get him on because actually I'm, I'm scheduled to see you guys uh, with these. Alice in Detroit. We're still playing. At the old Pine Knob. Yeah, yeah. The amphitheater. So so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so maybe I can get Ryan on you know, sometime and do a Zoom with him or something uh, prior to that show. Um, what are your thoughts about that tour? I mean, when that thing got announced, wasn't it supposed to happen? I almost heard a rumor like that. You did. Ago. Did it? Okay. You did. Yeah. So it didn't happen for whatever reason. Hailstorm wound up doing that one, but. Yes. Yeah. And I ended up joining Accept. <laughs> so it kind of worked out. <laughs> it kind of worked out okay. Yep, so when does that start? September 18th. 18th. Okay. Gilford, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay, so I see you about a week later, I think. It's yeah. a Saturday. Saturday night in Detroit, man. That'll, with Alice, uh, that'll, be, that'll be something else for sure. Yeah, the tour even has like a Detroit theme. Oh, I, yeah, I saw yeah. something, a poster or something. Because uh, car on the front or something. Alice's uh, new record is Detroit Stories, which is fantastic. Fantastic. And then the muscle car, you know, the yeah. front, so yeah. Very eclectic album, just great Alice style. Classic it's, Alice tour. Yeah. Really yeah. is. Really, really good stuff. So, well, so what else is going on other than the tour? You guys. That's it, it's so close. We're kind of just getting ready to do that. Yeah, yeah. doing that. And then when we get done with the tour, we were home for a few days and the Talisman go on the Kiss Cruise. Nice. And yeah. uh, Cruise Fest uh, Cruise pre party. The pre party before that. Tickets are all set for that too in the cruise. Yep. Um, and I think there may be some things in November. 
that we're doing that will get announced at some point, possibly? Well, I yeah. saw something on, well, Kiss Relay. I just wanted to drop this off. Thank you. I saw Thank something you. On, on Facebook or Twitter about a residency for Kiss. Did you guys hear that yet? Uh, you know what? I read something about that this morning, but I didn't get to read too much into it. It sounds like there's quotes from Gene, but I, I don't know from what interview or so. It's a scuttlebutt right now. Around, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. with all the Kiss fans huh, okay. around here, you know, that, that might be going on right at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, anyway, that could be... Well, very good, guys. Thanks for no, thank you. Thanks, Brian. Good, good, good to see. You. So, moving on to Alice Cooper, "Feed My Frankenstein," "No More Mr. Nice Guy," "Bed of Nails," "Rock and Roll," "Fallen in Love," "Go Man Go," "Under My Wheels," "Keys Back," "The Man Behind the Mask," "Social Debris." I'm 18, Poison, Billion Dollar Babies, Roses on White Lace, My Stars, Devil's Food, Black Widow Jam, Steven, Dead Babies, I Love the Dead, Escape, and close the regular set with Teenage Frankenstein, and then Encored Schools Out. So Cooper's set list breakdown. So nothing off of Pretties For You or Easy Action. One song from Love It To Death. Two songs from Killer. Two songs from Schools Out. Three songs from Billion Dollar Babies. Zero songs from Muscle of Love. Four songs from Welcome To My Nightmare. And then zero songs from Goes To Hell All The Way Through Dada. Two songs from Constrictor. One song from Raise Your Fist and Yell, two songs from Trash, one song from Hey Stupid, and then zero songs from The Last Temptation through Welcome the Number Two, My Nightmare. One song from Paranormal, one song from The Breadcrumbs EP, and then three songs from Detroit Stories. So, after Ace was done, yeah, we went and got beers and went to the bathroom and when we came back of course that banner was down in front of the stage with the the creepy the eyes. creepy <laughs> the creepy eyes with yeah which was which was cool and then yeah he came on actually before nine I think he came on at like 850 that could be I mean somewhere around there and uh, started off with Feed My Frankenstein and I think a creature came out oh I'm <laughs> there were yeah there were so. There were odd goings on going on throughout. So, but interesting set list. And again, he always he he does a good. Just talking about the set list that we just you know talking about aces. But Alice seems to do a good job of mixing the hits, and he doesn't play all of his hits. Mm-mm. You know, there was no uh, elected. You know, no. I guess I consider hello, hooray, maybe a hit. You know, those weren't in there. Uh, but he, you know, he does does enough of those, but then does new songs, and then I'll, I'll also just pulls some <laughs> some random stuff, which is, and we got some stuff from those '80s albums, you know, the Feed My Frankenstein and Teenage Frankenstein and Roses on White Lace, which is a heavy. That's a great song. Yeah, actually. heavy, heavy song. But what anything else stand out to you? Well, I wasn't intending on looking at his set list in the, oh. in the week, you know, yeah. looking online. But, you know, it's, I don't know. I was on Blabbermouth, it and it's like, there it was. Up. So it's just like, <laughs> and the, 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 there's one, the one thing, the one thing that jumped out at me is, oh, no, he's doing, he's back the man behind the mask. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess, I guess with three guitar players, it, he it, he rocked it up. He did a little bit. He did. It so actually, it, it was okay. It was okay because I, I don't recall. I mean, I he may have had an onstage keyboard player. I can't remember. Oh, I don't. Well, I don't remember seeing them, but there maybe they were off stage. They could. They could have been. Tracks, who but knows? yeah, it, it, it was. It was not a. It was not a cheesy keyboard track live no i mean it, it was it was rocked up yeah yeah and it, yeah and so yeah during that song jason Voorhees appeared and it at least killed a couple people he dragged somebody up the stairs on this ca- like castle like thing that was the main stage prop 
and, and slit his throat. So, so, yeah, proceeded throat. to slit somebody's throat. So <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was, it was, you know, typical Cooper. Yeah. Like what you're, what you're thinking. Yeah. I mean, and then all this, you know, this stuff with the, yeah, the little crazy little people or whatever coming out. I don't know what they do. They come out, and they, they capture him, and they. <laughs> that's when the, I think it's those guys that put him in the straitjacket when yep. he goes to get his head chopped off. And yep. But he, you know, he limits the. Well, you know, he kind of goes off for his his break, but the band continues on. So yeah. they, they just extend the songs. It's it's not like they're. Yep. You know, it's not like you've got a 10-minute drum solo and a 10-minute guitar solo and all that. Yeah, I mean, her, yeah, Nita Strauss' guitar solo was a couple minutes. A couple minutes long, long yeah. And the drum solo wasn't that long. Just um, just show him off, let him do his yeah. thing for a few minutes, and it, I, it wasn't overdone. No, what I just thought of, though, remember the, the drum solo, the guy was doing a lot of twirling of mm-hmm. sticks and hitting things, like, in between... At, you know, as you know, twirl, hit, twirl, hit, twirl, hit. Yeah, which was <laughs> he was he was pretty good. Yeah, obviously. And then it, yeah, his guitar players, all of them, you know, the aforementioned Nita, they were great, and they they're animated. You know, they they run around and jump up and engage the crowd. He's got like that long platform in the front of the stage. I think that they they can all jump up on and and uh, be seen more. So. Yeah. Again, yeah, overall, I mean, we've both seen Cooper uh, multiple times, and I think the, the comment you made, you're just like, he's been doing this for 50 <laughs> years, and it still works. It, it's <laughs> fun every time. Yeah, and it was good crowd. It was I mean, looked it was, like it, yeah, yeah. Real good, real good crowd. And, uh, yeah, people people into it, and, uh, and like, yeah, at the end... When the show ended, he introduced everybody, and then yeah, you we laughed because he says playing the part of yeah, so he's like playing the drums of so and so and the <laughs> bass, and and finally playing the part of Alice Cooper, me. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that he does yep. that. I, I think he's done that every time I've seen him. I, and I actually I think he said in playing the part of Alice Cooper and from Detroit or something. I think and then he said me. Um, before yeah it was so, hilarious it was great yeah yeah so again overall great show and yeah matt kind of described it was like a castle i guess background um thing and they had the those uh, uh chandeliers or something hanging down or whatever mm-hmm. and, yeah anyway it was a uh, it was good it was good and yeah cooper and again the way he can the way he sings the songs, it's, I mean, he could do this forever. <laughs> he'll, he'll never, he'll never I mean, stop. His, yeah, I mean, he's as good a performer now as he was 15 years ago. And he does, yeah, and he, he, he's not singing, singing. Uh, you know, it's not like he's singing, singing, which is, you know, causing a lot of people that we enjoy and go to see, I think, having problems with their voices. I, I don't see him having that because he taught, you know, a lot of the vocal is talking almost talking yeah. to him. So he he thought of, he thought maybe that was part of the thing. Hey, I, if I do this, I can just do this forever. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz my voice can my voice can handle it. So, in any event, uh, all in all, it was uh, it was a fun show and it was it was fun to be back to Pine Knob. Matt and I hadn't been there in almost 2 years to the day and uh, it was uh, it was good to be back. So now on to the band on the bill spotlight and again try <laughs> we were just talking about cooper's set list and how many albums he has i don't think we even said how many he has but it's it's a lot and so what you know what do we talk about with regret and i wanted to talk about cooper specifically here so what do we talk about and matt and i went back and forth i think via text or email and said well i think matt suggests he's like let's just focus on an era <laughs> I think it would be easier than trying to, you know, talk about a, a large stretch of of material and that type of thing. So we are going to talk about Cooper's late '80s and I mean early '90s because one of these albums came out in '90. But his hard rock kind of hairband comeback era after those early '80s albums uh, where he was trying to find <laughs> where he fit into things. So Constrictor. Raise your fist and yell, trash, and 
Hey Stupid are the four that we were going to talk about. And I think we were going to talk about our faves and maybe least fave on each of those albums. So Constrictor, September 22nd, 1986. Again, kind of interesting. Kane Roberts was his guitar player. Kip Winger is on this album, which is kind of kind of interesting and actually produced by Bo Hill and Michael Wagner. So some big, uh, big names, but I guess you wouldn't, you know, think of anything else. Well, and that Cooper, that, that tells you what his management and what the record label was thinking. He's like, look at, look at what's selling. And and this guy, this guy can produce and this guy can, this guy can get you a hit and get it in an MTV rotation. Exactly. And that's what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, so what do you think? Two faves off of that. Well, on Constrictor, I went with Teenage Frankenstein. Yep. And uh, Give It Up. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, I think it, Give It Up's like the second track. It might be. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, 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 can't rem- I can't remember where it is exactly. And then, and then my, my least favorite was the aforementioned He's Back. <laughs> He's... <laughs> The band just just because it's I mean it's a cheesy song I mean it but it fits perfectly with the time you yeah. know it's yeah Friday the Thirteenth people probably approached him and said hey oh yeah which was perfect for him oh yeah absolutely, absolutely. Right. you know what you know can you just you know come up with a, a song that we can make a video for and yep. put it in our movie and maybe it'll sell more movie tickets exactly exactly so yeah so I went with Thrill My Gorilla which is uh, a yeah. weird, a weird title, obviously, but I love the backing vocals in that in that song. It's a good song. There's some delay on the on those backing vocals, but anyway. And then Trick Bag, which I thought was just very melodic. You, you know, and actually, I saw something on Facebook where one of the Alan Tate from Ages of Rock podcast. I think I think it just this just celebrated. Well, yeah, it came out September 22nd, so it just celebrated an anniversary, and somebody threw it out there. And I think Alan Tate said, Trick Bag is my favorite, and I, I just said, that's a jam. And it just, yeah, melodic yeah. song. And then World Needs Guts was the song that I had as my least oh, favorite. Oh, for the least favorite? Yeah, I mean, I he's back. I, I kind of, I, I stayed away from it just because they had it in the set list. And right. I mean, it is what it is. It is, yeah. it, but... Those keyboards are pretty bad on the studio <laughs> version of of He's Back. Yeah, I mean, they're just so so prominent. So moving on to Raise Your Fist and Yell. So September fifth of eighty seven, and again produced by Michael Wagner. And you got Kane Roberts, Kip Winger, and then Paul Taylor, which I think is isn't he the winger? He's the other winger guitar player, Almost. other than Reb Beach, right? Could I be. Think. Yeah, and I think he played keyboards on here. So anyway. Kind of interesting with the tie-in with with Winger, but what what would you go with on faves on here? Well, two my two faves. Well, one fave is is I went with Freedom. It. I mean, granted, it's the the big video hit, but, but, but it's so good. But it's a great. <laughs> I, I don't care if it was popular or not. I mean, a good that's a if it's a good song, it's a good song. Exactly. And uh, actually, I'm kind of gonna kind of gonna cheat. A little bit, and say, well, the the eight the eight the AP the sports writers voted lock me up as a favorite, whereas the the coaches poll voted roses on white lace the favorite. So te- technically, I probably should say lock me up. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. I I actually had ri- I had written it down honorable mention a very strong honorable mention goes to roses on white lace. Yeah, yeah. And then least favorite. Oh, least favorite. Uh, if, if I remember correctly, it's just a like. Is it just a couple minute thing? G- Gale. Yeah. It's. I can't remember because I when I listened to it last week or whatever, I I, I remember thinking it was like a two minute. It what well, it is. And it's just a mellow thing. It, it's really more of satin, just more sounds than like musical instruments. I think it was Cooper and Winger wrote that or just really came up with. It. Yeah. Yeah. So. I went with freedom as well. It's saying, it's saying, you know, yeah, you're right. It's the hit, but just anthemic <laughs> chorus, and it just it just rocks. And then I had actually the same thing. So I had Prince of Darkness and Roses on White Lace as my other one. It's kind of a tie. It's kind of a tie, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, but if I had to, if I had to pick, 
I, I think I'd go with Prince of Darkness, actually. Um, out of those, out of those two, and then my least fave was either I kind of went with Gale mm-hmm. as well. Just I like his mellow stuff. I love all of his mellow stuff, but this thing just doesn't go anywhere. I don't know. It's just a weird yeah. deal. Or chop, chop, chop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just think that's kind of I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a cheesy, a cheesy song. So. So now moving on to Trash. So released July 25th of 89, produced by Desmond Child, and he he had a co-write on every single song. Yeah. So basically a, a you know a, a Desmond Child uh, type uh, type album. Hugh McDonald was on bass. He's the Bon Jovi bass player, I think, right now. That sounds yeah. familiar. And then Winger, no Winger and and uh, um, Kane Roberts were gone <laughs> at this point, but he had a ton of guests on this album. I don't know if you've ever looked that up, Matt. It's in, it's insane the laundry list of guests that he has on. Well, Steven Tyler's well, on that ballad. He's on that ballad, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys. There's tons of people doing backing vocals and you know playing this and that on it. It's just it's crazy, but. What, what would you say? Well, my two faves, I went House of Fire and Spark in the Dark. I did too. Really? The same <laughs> two? Those two songs. I mean, Poison's the big hit on there, and I like it. And it's a, it's a yeah. It's it's fine, but I, I like those two songs, I think, just a, a little better. A little better, yeah. 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 And my, my least fave, I went with Hell is Living Without You. Yeah. And if I remember, if I remember correctly, it's like long, is it? It was like seven it's plus long. minutes. Yeah. So, to, to me, it was. It's like it couldn't decide if it wanted to be a, a power ballad, or just some, you know, long epic Pink Floyd type song. Yeah. So it kind of. I think it tried. It seems like it was trying to do both, and for me, it just kind of. Yeah. Went nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, so that was my thought on it. Yeah. So, and I think. Um, if I remember correctly, now that you bring that song up, I'm trying to think who uh, who wrote that song. Actually, that, let's see. I'm looking it up real quick. Well, Cooper, Child, John Bon Jovi, and Richie Sambora <laughs> really co-wrote, co-wrote "Hell Is Living Without You." Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, again, House on House of, House of Fire and. Spark in the Dark, just great. Rockers, great. Uh, oh, they're both great. Everything yeah. about it is great. Least favorite, Trash, the title cut. Oh, He's yeah. just kind of the delivery of it. it it's kind of punkish, I guess. No, and it just it's not. And that whole thing, I don't know. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. That, so. Yeah, that, that one's not real good. <laughs> and then... And then, last but not least, so Hey Stupid. Uh, well, I said it was 1990. It was actually released July 2nd of 91. The tail end of the hair bands. Yeah, produced by Peter Collins. And again, Hugh McDonald still on bass of, of note. And again, a shorter laundry list of guest musicians on, on this one, but still a lot of people. So, what are your two faves from Hey Stupid? Oh, Hey Stupid? Um, uh, well, one was Feed My Frankenstein. Yep. And... <laughs> <laughs> My other one, I, I, I did Snakebite, but I, I gave a strong honorable mention to Dirty Dreams. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then my least fave, well, I, initially I put Burning Our Bed. Not that it's a bad song, but it's a, but it's a ballad. It's so a ballad. I tend to, yeah. But I, I crossed that off and changed my mind and went to Might As Well Be On Mars. It <laughs> went with the other ballad. <laughs> went with the other, yeah. yeah. So that's what I did. Yep, yep. Now, what's funny real quick about Hey Stupid, so when I saw the KISS official convention tour in Detroit in 95, Eric Singer did a little drum, drum clinic and then had a Q&A. And somebody asked him about, so how was it playing with Cooper? And, you know, so he was talking about it and all this stuff. But then he, he kind of went through the chronology a little bit and he got to Hey Stupid and he goes... The record Hey Stupid was kind of like, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so he ripped it. Overall, though, I think it's, I don't think it's a bad album. No, it's not bad. Overall, I, I hadn't really 
At that time, I don't think I even knew anything off of it other than Feed My Frankenstein. But um, anyway, good uh, good album overall. But so I actually I actually went with Burning Our Bed as one of my favorites. Oh, as a again reminds yeah. me of his '70s mellow stuff. It yeah. just it just did. And then the other one was the last track, Wind Up Toy, which again is kind of melodic and and commercial has the verses are kind of creepy but the pre-chorus and and chorus great great stuff and then my least favorite i actually went with the title cut i don't know i mean it oh hey hey (laughs) hey hey stupid it just i don't know it it doesn't uh it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me just thought it was kind of cheesy song so but i mean overall people listening out there if you haven't given these albums a chance they're actually pretty good yeah i mean all four of them i think are good albums and Mm -hmm. i know i think people think that it's the 80s and they've got keyboards on them and but i i don't know i personally i think constrictor is is really good um out of those four actually trash is might be my least favorite out of those four even though it was the most commercially successful. Yep. Just uh, look out of them. Look past the hits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now on to the Slam Fest tip of the week. So with these real-time episodes, I've been using this segment to talk about the songs that I've listened to driving over to shows and even the songs played during the pre-gaming. So with this episode, no different. So the drive over, so again, it's just about an hour from my house. Uh, over to the DTE Energy Music Theater, also known as Pine Knob. And I was trying to think, a lot of times when my brother and I go to shows, we sometimes just listen to a, a recently released album, just in general. It has nothing to do with the show that we were going to, but didn't really have anything to, to listen to from that standpoint. So I thought, you know, I'm going to randomly pick Alice Cooper songs from my several playlists that I have, uh, mostly by decade. So I've got, you know, 1970s hits and 1970s deep cuts. Same thing with the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. So here are the 16 songs we listened to on the way over to the venue. Kicked off with Lace and Whiskey, Long Way to Go, Hello Hooray, From the Inside, Trick Bag, Stolen Prayer, Clones, Burning Our Bed, Teenage Lament 74, Dirty Diamonds, Prince of Darkness, The Congregation, Who Do You Think We Are, Ballad of Dwight Fry, House of Fire, and as we were pulling in, Hard Rock summer so again tried to play stuff that he wasn't playing on this tour and thought we got a pretty good variety from all eras of alice cooper so with regards to the actual pre-gaming in the lot so we got there just shortly after 3:30 p.m and of course i usually have a theme that i'm working with and that was no different with this show So I was trying to go 1970s, you know, rock, hard rock type stuff. And Matt was kind of all over the place, but actually started to play some more classic rock type songs. And then he started to throw in songs with um, scary uh, song titles and even songs that were just scary in general. So Matt's song selections. He started out with Love Loaded by Wasted. One of the Boys, Rose Tattoo. Hellbound by the Black Aces, which is actually a kind of an ACDC clone band. Get Off My Cloud, Rolling Stones. Driving Wheel, Fog Hat. Beggar's Day, Nazareth. Sick of Life, Godsmack. Mind Over Metal, Raven. Don't Tread on Me, Damn Yankees. Since You've Been Gone, Rainbow, Moving On, Bad Company, Demon Speeding, Rob Zombie, 
Battleship Chains, Volbeat, What's Your Name, Leonard Skinnerd, Feel It, UFO, Bad Boys Running Wild, Scorpions, Heavens on Fire, Venom, Shadows of the Wind, Black Sabbath, Trick or Treat, Fastway, Shout at the Devil, Motley Crue, Devil's Child, Judas Priest, Wild Hearted Son, The Cult, Action Not Words, Def Leppard, So This Is Love, Van Halen, and Dead Men Tell No Tales, Motorhead. So kind of all over the board there, which again, that's what, uh, that's what he likes to do. So now on to my song selections. So I started off with Black as Night from The Frost, which was Dick Wagner's band prior to joining Alice Cooper's band. So I thought I'd give a nod to him. Rest in peace. Next up, What You Know Sure Can Hurt You, Twisted Sister. Fire and Water by Free. The Kids Who Play with the Dead, Lordy. Victim for Your Love, April Wine. Devil's Daughter, Ozzy Osbourne. Let Me Ride, Ario Speedwagon. Adam's Apple, Aerosmith. Priestless, Wendy O. Williams, slash The Plasmatics. La Duda, Journey. Head First, The Babies. I'll Get Even With You, Foreigner. Gangland, Iron Maiden. Make It Last, Montrose. Downed, Cheap Trick. Rock and Roll Feeling, Sticks. Scream Until You Like It, Wasp. If You Want Blood, You've Got It, ACDC. This Is The New Shit, Marilyn Manson. The Dark, Slash Supernaut, Black Sabbath. Words Are Not Enough, Fraley's Comet. Sweet Pain by Kiss. And I chose that Kiss song because Dick Wagner performed the solo. Stormtroopin', Ted Nugent, and Burn from Deep Purple. So Matt actually had 25 songs versus my 24 because he started first. And we kind of cut things a little bit short as we were seeing the lines to get into the venue getting longer and longer with the mobile entry uh, issues they they must have been having so we packed up shop and and headed in but i was going to maybe throw out god of thunder to close it out so again overall great variety of songs that we listened to during the three hours plus that we were hanging out in the parking lot so a couple funny things happened of course so we when we got to the parking lot there weren't a ton of people there yet, but there was one car way kind of off uh, by itself, and it had basically, it looked like a PA speaker in the back um, of the car. And when we pulled up, of course, they, they were playing Ace Fraley songs, and it sounded like, wait a second, is he, he is playing the set list <laughs> that Ace is going to play. And then when that ended, it sounded like they were just listening to the radio and then it ended up fading out. But when we pulled in, I mean, you could hear that thing all the way across the parking lot, which was which was pretty funny. So as we were sitting there, of course, it never fails. I had a guy come over and ask us for solo cups. Because that's one thing about that venue. Again, they prefer that you pour your drinks into a into a cup so you're not sitting there with a bottle or a can of beer and uh so anyway we always have extras and it never fails that somebody comes and asks us for one um when i played gangland by maiden actually we had uh, talked to a guy um earlier in that in that parking lot and i didn't even notice when we talked to him he actually had that uh Iron Maiden Aces High shirt on, basically, with Eddie uh, as the pilot of that plane. But it wasn't wasn't a black shirt. It was a white shirt, and that image was kind of small, and I guess I didn't notice it. But as soon as I played Gangland, he looked over, and, and sure enough, uh, 
he came over and we we talked a little bit uh, more about Maiden, which was which was cool. And then when I was playing, I mentioned the Dark, which is that uh, short instrumental off of Black Sabbath's Born Again. I decided to play that prior to Supernaut just because it's scary. And as that instrumental was playing, a guy and his girlfriend or wife walked by and he turned over and he goes, now that's a deep cut. And I think my brother said something about, you know, yeah, Black Sabbath. And the guy mentioned Born Again. So he, he knew, <laughs> he knew his stuff, which was, which was cool. And then towards the end, you know, probably the last, uh, half hour or 40 minutes that we were there another car pulled up and parked kind of across from us and this woman got out and she got a lawn chair out and she was just hanging out I think looking at her phone and um, just sitting there kind of by herself and then we saw her go to the passenger side of the car and and so it looked like maybe she had a uh, a kid in there uh, that she was bringing with her but she came back and sat down but when we packed stuff up to go in she was like no! No! You're, you're providing me some music because I don't know if she didn't have a stereo or didn't have a, a means of listening to music but she was she was upset when we were when we were heading in, and I, I did notice when I was playing Stormtroop and by Ted Nugent, her uh, her foot was definitely tapping to that song. But all in all, it was a great great pregame, and hadn't been back to Pine Knob in two years. So now to close out this episode with a which side are you on? And we are going to dive into one of Ace Frehley's albums. So we're going with Trouble Walkin', released October 13th, 1989, produced by Eddie Kramer, which was awesome to have him him producing. And then Ace Frehley and then the bass player John Regan uh, also co-produced. Only reached 102 on the Billboard charts and did not get certified uh, from a sales standpoint. So Ace Frehley... Richie Scarlett, John Regan, and Anton Figg are on here. So Todd Howarth no longer... Well, it wasn't under the Fraley's Comet uh, name, so it was just Ace Fraley's uh, solo album, but he, he got rid of Todd Howarth and brought Richie Scarlett back into the fold. So other some other interesting stuff, backing vocals. Peter Chris is actually singing backing vocals on some of the songs. And then Sebastian Bach, Dave, The Snake Sabo, and Rachel Bullen are also <laughs> on backing vocals on this, on this album. So side one, Shot Full of Rock, Do Ya, Five Card Stud, Hide Your Heart, and Lost in Limbo. So highlights out of those well just um, overall well overall i mean i went i went with one yep over two yeah and and mainly and mainly just from a familiarity standpoint (laughs) because i I look at the list and i know a lot a lot more of side one is on my my big ace playlist yep um yep because shot full of rock is great it's just great um i know i mean i know he loves to do instrumentals which is fine but you know they're just they're just you know if they're keep keep them shorter i mean after about three minutes of a seven minute and i just i start to lose lose right. it's just like you know what am i hearing here yeah. now it's just yeah it's just sound yeah yeah it's just sound to me to me at, at that point yeah but um yeah but but over, overall and, and do you is a good yeah good cover is a good cover yeah um yeah. lost in limbo is a is is, is a good song too absolutely absolutely um, yeah yeah i mean side one for me the bookends shot full of rock and lost in limbo were yeah great the shot full of rock the the soloing i, th- I think that he trades off with richie scarlet in that during that solo and that i mean it just it just keeps going i mean they're just jamming on that song and then lost in limbo i think is just a great vibe uh, to that song 
Um, five card stud. I didn't like that when the album came out. It's kind of grown on me a little bit. Like, yeah, the the cover is good. It his voice works with that song, actually. For do ya? For do ya? And yeah. It, it it really does. And then again, hide your heart. I, I I didn't even know that that was happening. I don't think I even knew this album had come out when I ended up like seeing it. And when I put that in, and that was the the same song that was on Hot in the Shade that came out a week later. I was like, what in the hell is going on? How did Ace get that song? You know, why, yeah, why he, did he do it? Because he didn't write it. No, right? No. Uh, you know, again, I the one thing I like about Ace's version of it is the the actual chorus, the you better hide your heart, hold on tight, that whole part. Double track vocal is cool, but instead of the um, the ha 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 hey 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 do 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 part he says ha 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 oh <laughs> and it, i don't understand why he changed it I don't know. It just—it's just not. Maybe just it's to just, put his own. Yeah, there you just go. Just to put his own spin there on it. There you go. In the pre-chorus, the Johnny better run, better run. He kind of Johnny better run, better run, uh, or whatever. It kind of sounds odd to me. And then side two, so trouble walking. The title cut. Too young to die. Back to school. Remember me and fractured three. I know you like trouble walking. Yeah, you oh. played trouble walking at a, at pre games before. I think. Yeah. Well, that song. Oh yeah. Before. Cool yeah. riff. Obviously, I put it in my twelve song. Oh yeah. Set list. You did. You did. Too young to die actually has Richie Scarlet on vocal, which is a interesting song. Back to school's got the skid row guys. You can hear Sebastian Bach, I think, during that chorus. <laughs> his his scream. But then the lat yeah, remember remember me? I, I don't understand what that's just some bluesy song and it's got crowd noise, so it's trying to make it sound like it's live, I think. It's oh. kinda odd. But Fractured Three, you know, he always does an instrumental. Um, but I will say that this is probably one of my favorite instrumentals of his. Oh, uh, yeah. Of the Fractured series. But I am with you. I, it's the first and fifth song are just too good. Um, and, you know, Five Card Stud is, is, a, is a rocker on that first side as well. And, and uh, so I would, I would go with side one uh, as well. So Matt and I both go with side one over side two of Ace Frehley's Trouble Walkin'. Has anyone seen the Alice Cooper Ace Frehley tour this year? Or are you planning on seeing it? If so, when and where? And if you have seen it, what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? What are your thoughts on Ace Frehley's set list? How would you change it? What are your thoughts on Alice Cooper's four studio albums from the mid to late 80s, including Constrictor, Raise Your Fist and Yell, Trash, and Hey Stupid. What are your favorite songs from those albums? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Ace Frehley's Trouble Walkin' solo album from 1989, Side 1 or Side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>